Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode nine of the J Situation podcast. I'm recording this on April 7th, 2020. I'm now entering the fourth week of major changes due to the COVID-19 pandemic uh, and the isolation measures that I'm following as a result of that. I'll tell you what, guys, I definitely hit a turning point this past weekend. I have a few things I want to address on today's episode, and don't worry, we'll, you know, we're, we're going to get to the gun stuff, but I want to talk about this past weekend first because I think it might help some of you during this crazy time, and you know, with some of the observations I've been having with a lot of people I know. So those of you who know me know that I'm a pretty avid lifter. You know, I've, I've strength trained for a long time, and I used to compete in powerlifting, um, as far as preparation goes for this isolation period uh, that I and a lot of you are under right now, I pretty much had or had obtained everything I needed. Uh, you know, I had food, uh, water. Um, I'm working from home, so you know I have the necessary equipment for that. You know, computer, um, internet access, things like that. You know, the logistical needs for my job. Uh, ammunition. Uh, I had, and you know, I maintain a pretty decent stockpile, so I, I didn't really have any need to shore that up. Um, although I have purchased some more recently, you know, not because of the pandemic, just to feed machine guns. You know, they're they're hungry, um, and you know, my family and loved ones have everything they need. Uh, you know, everything they needed is there, and you know, and we're in constant communication. But there is one thing that I didn't consider. And I'm not quite sure why, but I, I didn't consider strength training. I, I trained at the gym up until it closed. And it actually closed um, after a lot of the big commercial gyms did. So, you know, but as responsible business owners, they too shut their doors. <laughs> um, I know a lot of people have home gyms, but I, I've never been a big fan of that. I really enjoy going to a gym and seeing my lifting buddies and you know I also you know I enjoy the safety aspect and the mental aspect of having intense tra training partners that can push me and that I can push you know to get better um, a, a lot of people know that powerlifting is an individual sport but the prep can be one of the biggest team activities you're, you're ever going to see in sports um, anyway ju just a note about why I, I don't have a home gym or, or haven't to date or until now. So after the gym shut down, you know, at first I was, I was walking a little bit, you know, going for runs and stuff like that. Um, and recovering from my past intense workouts, you know, cause I still had that training effect, right? I was, I was training pretty heavily up until the isolation and the gym closed down, but you know, doing runs and stuff, it just doesn't, just doesn't do, do it for me. It doesn't, do what it needs to do for me. I, I really need heavy weights and I need significant stimuli to balance my hormone levels. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty aggressive and in your face type of person in general. Um, and lifting weights really helps me and normalizes me. Um, it makes me feel great. You know, and I, I just, I think I'm just much more pleasant to be around when I'm maintaining a high level of frequent high intensity activity. Um, that, you know, this is just an observation um, that I've noticed about myself over the years. So, you know, after losing my mind, <laughs> pretty much, you know, over the past couple of weeks, I, 
I finally realized I had a stash of kettlebells at my office, right? My corporate office. So, so this past weekend, along, you know, I, I, along with grocery shopping in full PPE, right? I was wearing respirator and goggles. You know, I went and I got my kettlebells. So they aren't a barbell. And there's no rack and there's no bench. But I tell you what, those four kettlebells I have, you know, they range in weight from 18 pounds up to 72 pounds. They're a game changer right now. I, I've been doing circuits of squats and cleans and presses and snatches, swings, you know, doing everything one-handed, using an old ab wheel I have too. It's getting intense. You know, I love it. And after, after the first makeshift training session within this weekend, you know, my girlfriend and I, we, we kind of hit, hit a cool workout. Um, it, I think I hit a complete turnaround in work productivity and attitude. I mean, it really, it changed the game be able to do that. So anyway, I, I just wanted to share that with you folks that may be experiencing something I was experiencing the past few weeks. Um, I, I'm a firm believer in a sound mind through a sound body. Strength is important. You know, it, it might be one of, if not the most important things to stay healthy long-term. You know, stronger people, they're harder to kill. You know, you, their bodies just work better as they get older and they have a better quality of life. If you've never strength trained, Look into it. You know, it'll change your life. I promise. I promise that. Okay, so enough about gains. Um, you, you came here for guns, so let's talk guns. <laughs> so first off, there, there is a new review dropping very soon, maybe tomorrow. Stay tuned. You're going to like it. Um, thanks to all of you who have joined Pew Science. You guys are the best. Um, you're really pushing the industry forward by supporting us. Super important stuff. And you guys are amazing for doing that. It's, it's definitely noticed and definitely appreciated. Um, we had a conversation with a few manufacturers today regarding more testing needs. Um, so that's very cool too. Um, and it, you know, in addition to the testing that we're doing to release publicly to, to everyone listening to this, you know, manufacturers are also starting to request testing for, for us for their own product development. So, you know, you might not see some of those results um, unless they choose to release it. Um, but just know we are well on our way to achieving our goal of pushing the industry forward. I, it is so cool. Um, talked with several manufacturers today and, it, it, and it's crazy because it, it, more of them seem to be coming out of the woodwork um, all the time. So it's kind of cool. Um, the first discussion topic for today I was going to address um, is pistols for silent for silencers like you know silencer hosts uh, specifically semi-auto nine millimeter that's um something that you know people have been asking me a lot about lately and I thought the podcast would be a good venue to discuss that the second topic I want to go into is 300 blackout that's right I am finally building one I'm going to build an upper um we'll we'll talk barrels which is probably one of the most important parts uh, maybe we'll get into silencers for that too I don't know yet uh, the third topic, um, compact small personal defense weapons, PDWs. I don't know if we're going to get into this, if we'll have time, but um, if we do, we will. <coughs> All right. I've been talking a lot today. Sorry about that. I've been been talking a lot today. My, my voice is kind of going. Okay. You know, every all the business is being conducted on the phone, right? It's crazy. So anyway, well, let's see how far we get. We might not get to the PDWs, but we'll see. 
So, okay, pistols for silencers, specifically 9mm. You know, at, at first I, I kind of wanted to tell you what my favorite 9mm pistol with a silencer is, but I kind of want to start a little bit further back into the knowledge base here, just to kind of build, let's build to it. So let's let's talk caliber. Nine by ten nine by nineteen millimeter. Alright. Nine millimeter Luger. It's a really popular pistol round, and for good reason, right? It's it's a relatively inexpensive. Uh, it's common. You know, it's a NATO round. So that that's spurred all kinds of different loadings with different bullet shapes and weights and powder charges. You know, due to the price and the commonality, it's a pretty popular self-defense round, and it's pretty effective when used correctly. So one thing about it, though, in standard plinking and target loads, it generally has a 115 grain bullet weight. So with standard powder charges, that load is going to be supersonic at most any barrel. Um, so, you know, that's not the quietest for silencer use, right? You, you'll tame the muzzle blast with the silencer. But the sonic boom or the sonic crack down range as the bullet breaks the sound barrier is a sharp crack. And, and it's just not as fun to shoot suppressed. It's just not as cool, right? So you can go to higher weights, like 124 grain bullet weight. But that's still not going to be heavy enough with standard loads to slow it down to transonic and subsonic. Although it can, you know, depending on the barrel length and the powder charge. You know, there are subsonic 124 grain loads out there, but... Uh, not not super common. So really, for, for most factory-loaded ammo, you want to step up to 147 grain or heavier. You can go 158 grain or even heavier for certain weapons. Um, you just got to know what you're doing with the stability of the round and the weapon function, you know, in the particular weapon you're using. But for all intents and purposes, most folks think 147 grain when they think 9mm subsonic, okay? And, that, and that's fine. We're gonna, let's just kinda stick with that for now. I know those are you, some of you out there are probably like, no, Jay, don't you know about the 162 grain loaded with dead? I'm like, yeah, I know. But, but for right now, you know, for most people, they're gonna be looking for 147 grain. So, okay, so now you kinda know what ammo you kinda wanna play with for suppressed use in nine millimeters, so, now let's talk pistols. And today, I'm just talking pistols. There, there's a lot of weapon types chambered in 9mm, especially now. In, in the year 2020, you th there's a cornucopia. So let's just talk pistols. Semi-auto pistols, specifically. So, if you're going for smooth operation... And an ideal sound signature to squeeze the most performance out of a 9mm pistol silencer. You're going to want to play with a full-size barrel. You know, that means about 4.5 inches long to 5 inches long. Um, the, long the longer the better. You know, the longer the barrel, the more time and volume you have for expanding gases prior to the bullet uncorking. Uncorking is when the bullet leaves the barrel crown. All right, so you want the pressure pulse that enters the silencer to be as low as possible for a few reasons, right? For sound, that, that, that's important. Um, for particulate matter that will splash back in, into your face, you know, unburnt powder, stuff like that, depending on ammo. Um, 
you want lockup time to be proper. You know, with very short barrels in a, in a browning, you know, a, a modified browning tilting barrel action, which is very popular, you know, like a lot of semi-auto pistols use that type of action. Um, if your barrel is super short, you may have some issues with timing of the inertial decoupler. So that's the, that's the so-called booster on the rear of pistol silencers. <clears throat> so I, I don't like to call it a booster because that's the opposite of what it does. <laughs> it really doesn't boost anything. It actually allows the mass of the silencer to remain stationary with its own inertia as the barrel and the slide move rearward. And it does this with a spring and piston assembly. Okay, so if, if, you, if you didn't use an inertial decoupler to decouple the inertia from the silencer and the barrel slide assembly, you'd either not cycle the slide during firing or you'd damage your pistol or both. Okay, that's, that's why we use those. Um, so that, that brings me to, to the fourth thing you, you want to think about with semi-auto pistol hosts. You want a host that has a history of being suppressed either by a manufacturer intention or by the firearms community at large. Um, unless you're a, a tinkerer and you're like super into spending money to figure it out on your own, um, don't, don't try to reinvent the wheel. You're going to have a bad time. Been there, done that. Um, there are a lot of people, there are a lot of people out there that have already figured out what pistols are suppressing well. Um, ask, ask people. Chances are they know. Um, and, and, you know, with the information here, I'm going to tell you, hopefully you'll be able to ask intelligent questions. Okay. So, so that, so like point number two, let's, let's look at a few pistols that meet the requirements that I just spoke about. And guys, if you're screaming right now at your phone that I'm not mentioning your favorite pistol, I'm sorry. Just, just message me. We'll talk about it. It's cool. I'm not going to message, message, uh, mention all of them. There's like a hundred, hundred guns. So let me just. I'll, I'll mention some popular ones and, and, and we can talk about the other ones if, if I forget any. Um, the first one I want to talk about, the, the SIG 226, the, the P226. Everyone knows that pistol, right? If you, if you don't know what a SIG P226 is, then I want you to go get on your phone or wherever you are, Google it. Get the Wikipedia, look at that gun. You're going to need, you're going to, need to know about that gun. Like super important. I don't. I don't care if you don't like Sig. I, I don't care. You need. You need to check it out. It's classic gun. Super great pistol. Super important gun in gun history. Um, you, you owe it to yourself to at least at least hold one. You don't have to shoot it, I guess, but you, you like it if you shoot it. It. I have one of those. I I've had it for about 17, 18 years, something like that. Long time. It it's great. There there's a few options. Um, the old ones, you know, like really old ones before I bought mine have stamped steel slides. Uh, and those those old models, um, I think they're marked made in West Germany or something like that, maybe not. Anyway, those ones with the stamped steel slides, the slides are lighter and they have the best balance. If you're looking for a SIG 226 and you don't have one, and you're into just a gun that it's gonna feel the best um, and have the best balance, if you can find um, one with the old stamped steel slide, try to get one of those that, you know, they have aluminum frames. So the frame's pretty light. So that having that light slide is pretty, pretty dope. Um, just when you hold it in your hand. Now I will say, um, you know, the newer ones, like the one that I the one I have, it has a stainless steel slide, which is heavier. 
um, but also more durable. It doesn't rust. It, it's coated with um, it's coated with the SIG proprietary coating. I think it's a melanite coating, but they call it nitron. It's super hard and durable. That thing, I, it looks new, and I've had it for you know almost two decades. It's super awesome. Um, but tell you what, there's another version. I don't know if SIG still makes this. I'm not. I'm not up on their latest product offerings, but I tell you what, there used to be one called the, the 226ST, um, and that standard for stainless, where it had a stainless frame, and you could get it in like, you know, silver finished stainless, um, I, and you might even be able to get it in a black finish. Anyway, that one has a, has a, a steel frame and slide, so it's all heavier, but of course the balance is, you know, better because you have a different um, balance between slide weight and frame weight. So if everything's heavier and you're scaling it up, um, the balance is going to be good. Just, you know, just heavy anyway. So th those are some of the variants um, that they have. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So anyway, that's a little bit about the gun. You know, it's, it's a double action, single action gun has a decocker. There's no external safety, pretty standard combat pistol stuff. Pretty iconic. Now, the pistol's great. Sounds sounds great. Lockup time is really good for silencer use. The barrel is, I think, around 4.4 inches or so, or four and a half inches for a nine millimeter semi-auto pistol. Okay. Keep in mind that's the length of the threaded barrel. Okay, you're you're gonna be looking at the length of the threaded barrel here. That's what you need to be looking at. Because it doesn't matter what the length of the barrel is on a gun that's not threaded, because you're you're not suppressing a gun that's not threaded, right? Okay. Um, SIG knew what they were doing and they offer a factory threaded barrel and that's one of the signs you know it will be, it'll function well suppressed. Um, if the manufacturer is making a threaded barrel, you, you pretty much know you're good to go. And by the way, oh, and this might piss some people off. I, I only believe in factory threaded barrels for pistols. Actually, I'm, I, I don't mess with aftermarket. Now there are exceptions rarely, but I, I, I really don't care who makes it. I don't trust it. I, I could be wrong, but I know if I buy a factory threaded barrel for a pistol, it's going to work with a silencer. Um, so, you know, there might be some out there that are great and I just remain skeptical. I might change my mind. You know, I'm not against being wrong and learning something. Um, and I, I guess I have shots and pistols with aftermarket threaded barrels that have functioned but I've heard enough horror stories and I've seen enough malfunctions with non, you know, like with after like third party barrels that I'm, I just, I don't know. I just remain, remain skeptical on that. So I'm not saying, I'm not saying you can't, you can't grab a, a, a factory, a, a non-factory threaded barrel and then have a good time. I'm just saying just know what you're getting. You, you might want to just, at least if you're going with a third party manufacturer, stick with a good one. Stick, stick with someone who you know is doing it right. And maybe, maybe ask some folks that have used them or maybe ask if they have a warranty or, you know, ask about that. Um, that might be a good idea. Okay. So that's, that's one of them. That's a good gun. That's a good silencer host. It's kind of old, right? But it's, it's good, it, it, but it might not fit your hand. You might not like it. So there's others. So it, it's hammer fired. Right, 226 is hammer fire. Let's talk about some other hammer fired options. Um, let's let's stick with the German HK USP old pistol, um, HK P30, 
new pistol, um, both of them, the, the USP and the P30L, those two, those two pistols are full size. The, the USP and the P30L, the, both of those are full size pistols and they are meant to be suppressed from the factory. That you can get factory threaded barrels for both. Um, and you know, right now, my favorite nine millimeter pistol host is actually the P30L. I, I like the USP, but the P30L is just more modern in the grip, the trigger, everything. It's just my favorite right now. The threaded barrel on the P30L is five inches or so. So it's about a half inch longer than the SIG 226. Um, I'll release a comparison test or a series of tests with those hosts. You'll, you'll have to be patient about that, but I'll release that. Um, keep in mind that when I talk about triggers and stuff like that, and you know, characteristics of the gun that may have nothing to do with the silencer, you, that stuff you can do to a gun later. And so you might be screaming right now and saying, hey Jay, you big dummy, didn't you know that Company X makes a trigger that will blow your skirt up for the 226 or the USP. And um, to that I say, yeah, I'm sure they do. But, you know, I have the Grey Gun short reset system on the P30L with the LEM system. And it's the best hammer fire trigger system on a combat handgun I've ever used. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not lumping 1911s into that, okay? We're, not, we're talking modern stuff here. <laughs> don't, don't hate me for saying that. Well, not, 1911s are not my thing right now. But anyway. Um... As far as striker-fired pistols, let's talk striker-fired. Um, you know, like the Glocks, the Glocks, the, the HK, VP9, stuff like that. I, just get a long barrel gun and you'll do better than with a short one. Um, I can tell you that the Glock 19 is one of the stupidest silencer hosts ever. I don't like it. Uh, it's, it's just not great. It, it's decent and you can suppress it with a good silencer but it's not going to sound as good as a full-size pistol. You know, now, I'm not knocking it because I carry a Glock 19. All right? I, or at least, you know, for the past many, many years I've carried one. But I'm probably going to start carrying the P30L once I get more rounds through it. Anyway, make sure the barrel is longer, you know, or you're just not going to like it as much if you're going for ultimate quiet. Now, I realize having a carry gun and a suppressor host like as an all-in-one thing is nice. And that's actually what I'm, I'm doing right now with a P30L, right? So if you want to suppress a Glock 19, knock yourself out. I mean, I do it. There are silencers that perform okay on it. It's just not going to be as, as cool as a full-size gun suppressed. I just, I, I don't want, look, I don't want you to get your hopes up. And you, like some of you guys that are just now getting into guns, or you, maybe you have a Glock 19 that you carry every day, and you don't even have, you don't have a silencer, and then you you thread it and you get a thread barrel and you're like, oh man, I scored this Glock threaded barrel. It's so awesome. I can't wait. You know, you wait a year for your silencer and you get your silencer and you put it on your Glock and you're like, well, that's that's not as quiet as I thought it would be, type of thing. You know, I don't want that to happen to you. I, I feel like if you're like a first time silent pistol silencer guy, you know, like it's first center fire pistol silencer host, I want you to have a good time. So I, I feel like you you kind of want to. A longer barrel so um you know as I, actually as i'm thinking about it i've gotten some messages from you guys on instagram and some other places about your favorite hosts and one one that a couple of people have mentioned to me is stuff by cz you know i like cz i i if you checked out review 6.1 on the website with the, the cz 452 bolt action um you know i i, I like cz that they, they make good stuff and um, a lot of their stuff's super old 
old technology, but they 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 put or have been putting a little more modern twist on some of the pistols. And one thing I like about CZ pistols um, is their weight. They're heavy, so like it makes them really pleasant to shoot in nine millimeter. I like that. Some folks talk about the the PO1 with a threaded barrel that's the same length as the, as the Sig 226 barrel, the threaded barrel. So uh, the uh, you know the 4.4 inch barrel. I think they really like it. I think that any time you have a heavy pistol with a threaded barrel that's long enough, it's going to make a great nine millimeter silencer host. If folks like the PO1, you know they're they're really going to like the all steel Sig 226 probably if they're a Sig guy too, right? So it's just, you know, it's that heft, um, the barrel length. So, you know, a lot of people, um, some more things people talk to me, a lot of people like the striker-fired striker pistols. I'm just, me personally, I'm just not a huge fan. Um, and I always feel like the triggers are spongy, and, and I hate the little trigger safety things on there. I, I, I hate the way it feels on my finger. I, I just don't feel comfortable in my trigger finger. And replacing block triggers, for example, with aftermarket triggers or whatever, just seems a little weird for a carry gun for me. I, I know I did the short reset system on my on my P30L, but it's look, I, I it, it replaced a couple of parts. It's not, I don't think it's changing the 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 reliability on that gun. Anyway, replacing the whole trigger assembly and stuff like that on the on the Glock. Oh, you know what? Okay, here I just remember this. Here you go. Here's some anecdotal evidence for you. I was at a gun range last year, indoor range. Um, I'm sitting there at the counter, uh, you know, waiting to check out or doing something, and I and I see this guy. He has a he has a really big pistol. Uh, I'm sorry, really big silencer. It's a like a silencer co hybrid or one of those silencers that people use on pistols, but can also use on rifles. You know, something that I I just I don't really like those those silencers just because I I think they're like jack of all trades master of none anyway so this dude has a i think it's a hybrid on on a on a glock <clears throat> or something and sure enough it wasn't cycling i don't know if it was the weight of the silencer i don't know what it was but his trigger was aftermarket and not only was it good not cycling it wasn't firing right or something and he started talking about well it was working and i put this trigger in and i was like oh man come on you're changing your you're changing your fire control group in a in a gun, and you and you don't know if it's bulletproof or not. Like with your configuration, come on, man. The, the the fire control group of your weapon, that's like, oh man, what's a good analogy for that? Hmm. I don't know. I, I was I was trying to think of a car analogy just now, and I and I can't think of a good one, and I don't want to butcher it, so I'm not going to say it. Anyway. Triggers are important. Don't mess with them unless you know what you're doing. Okay, I got kind of off track there. So, any striker, striker fire, fire pistols. So, okay, let's we can continue talking about those. I will say that I carried an HKP7 for a long time. That that striker fired. You know, it's one of the most advanced and complicated pistols in the world. Though, you know, it uses a a gas piston delayed blowback system, but it's a terrible silencer host. If you can even put a silencer on it, you know, you gotta you gotta extend and thread the barrel. Or you gotta find a threaded barrel and then to remove it, the original barrel, and to install the threaded one, you need a press. To, you know, gotta take, pull out the the original barrel, then you gotta press in the new. It's just a nightmare. So that's out. Screw that, right? But it's striker fired, 
and awesome because you know you you pre-cock the weapon with the grip cocker you know you squeeze the grip and this cocking mechanism squeeze you squeeze it and it cocks the gun cocks the striker and then the trigger pull it's like a weird short single action but it's a striker fired pistol so it's still a little spongy you know but as a low bore axis sweet gun it's just old and complicated and out of production. It gets really hot when you shoot it a lot. <laughs> it's cool and I'll never sell it, but I, I moved to the Glock 19 for carry for a reason. Um, the Glock 19 is just, it's just a bulletproof gun. The thing just doesn't, doesn't malfunction. It doesn't break. Very durable. Um, I mean, you know, I don't really don't understand people's attraction to the striker fire, fired pistols. You know, the VP9 and stuff like that. I'm talking silencer host here. I, you know, HK makes the P30 and the P30L. I don't know why you would get a striker-fired pistol over a hammer-fired gun right now. Just because of the options on the market. Um, it doesn't make sense to me. You know, and with a light LEM trigger, you rack the slide, and the hammer stays down in a recess, right? And when you go to pull the trigger for the first shot... It's long for safety reasons for carry, but extremely light. And after the first shot, the reset is super short. And again, the pull is light. So mine is even lighter and shorter now that I installed that gray gun's short reset system. So anyway, check it out. Anecdotally, all the HK employees I've talked to like the P30 series better than the Striker Fire VP9 series. So they're, they're not going to tell you that publicly, but that, that should tell you something. I um. I will say though, don't get it twisted. That the regular P30, not the P30L, but the regular P30, that barrel's pretty short. And I I've I don't think I would put a silencer on that one necessarily for your first host. And also, folks that have shot the P30 and P30L back to back, you can talk to those folks. They the 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 the, the recoil on the P30 is a little more it's a little sharper, right? Because the shorter barrel just doesn't have that. Nice dwell time with the longer barrel pistols. Longer, I'm telling you, longer barrel pistols are cool. I know there's a trend for short guns, guys. Just always, you know, with a pistol, with a silencer. Come on, man. Get a long barrel. Okay, so I just talked. Oh, my gosh. I just talked a lot about pistols. What, what are we? We're about a half an hour in. Okay. You know, there are other full-size 9mm pistols like the FN. Those new polymer FN pistols are so sweet. Hammer fired, by the way, in case you didn't know that, right? I'm pretty sure they're hammer fired because my my FNX 45 that I have, it's it, it's the FN polymer pistol, but it's the 45 uh, ACP. Um, I have I have the FNX 45 tactical, and it has a little Vortex Venom red dot on that, dude. So sweet. Um, I I, and I I use it like a rugged, a rugged Obsidian 45, you know, some like high performance 45. Caliber silencer on that. That gun is so crazy with that. Man, I got the red dot on there. I can see over the, the can. I'm plinking pomegranates off of trees. It's crazy. It's so awesome. I haven't shot the 9mm version yet. I, I, I'll have to check it out. I can't wait to test it. I I don't see anything swaying me from the P30L right now. It's just so comfortable. And I love the LEM trigger. So uh, I hope this didn't turn into a commercial for that. I just... So these are some of the pistol options I see out there. I'm sure there's a lot more... Um, I didn't mess, mention any, any from Smith & Wesson. I'm not really into those. Um, if you guys have any you want to talk about, let me know. I, I'll, I can address them on the next episode. All right, let's go. Let's go next topic. All right, 300 blackout. Oh, yes. Okay, so let's, let's talk barrels. 
Man, th this could end up being really long. Okay, yeah, let's limit it to barrels because it, oh man, I could talk too long about this. So the reason I picked barrels let's, for today's topic is because although I've been testing silencers on a 300 blackout host, um, I, I'm, I'm borrowing an AR upper for that, right? I, I, I don't actually own a 300 blackout weapon. I, I just haven't, haven't seen the need. Um, nothing has really convinced me to, to buy a 300 blackout weapon until now. I, I mean, I see the utility, okay? I understand the point of the cartridge. I just, I've hunted with supersonic rifle, you know, with three, mostly 308 Winchester for so long. I didn't see a need for 300 blackout because if I want to shoot full auto rifle or plink and play around, that's what 5.56 is for because it's cheaper, right? I mean, what? what? So, you know, I, I just didn't see a need. Um, so but then some, st some stuff started to happen in the industry and people started really talking more about faster twist barrels for 300 blackout. Okay, so I, I just jumped the gun and let, let me tell you why, why twist matters. So, okay, so twist is the number of revolutions a bullet makes as it travels down your barrel after it enters the rifling when it leaves the case after firing. So the, bu the bullet is forced into the rifling by the expanding gases created by the small explosion in the case when the primer ignites the powder. Okay, so it, if you've never looked at a bullet after it was fired, um, like, you know, if you've, if you recovered it from like a water jug or something, let's, let's say you go shooting, you shoot a water jug just, or some other target, and you're able to recover that bullet that you've fired, you know, and it was not smashed into oblivion and it's kind of whole, um, it's going to have spiral markings on it. You know, if it was fired from a rifled barrel, um, you know, most bullets are made of lead, you know, or a metal that's softer than the barrel material. So the spiral the spiral cuts in the barrel, called the rifling, cut into the soft bullet material and, and force it to rotate as it's pushed down the bore. You feel me? So as that, that, that imagine that, right? Imagine that. You're, you have a bullet, a, a chunk of metal, a chunk of a soft metal or a metal softer than the, the barrel metal, and it's subjected to a controlled explosion and the only way for that, the only place for that energy to go is out the barrel. So it, that explosion is, that expanding gases, they're pushing the, bear, they're pushing the bullet into the barrel so hard that it cuts into the rifling and it pushes it so fast that it starts to spin the bullet around. So that's, isn't that wild? I think that's wild. So the rifling in the bore rotates the bullet, but it does it at a certain rate. So for 300 blackout, it could rotate at like, you know, one revolution per 10 inches of barrel rifling, maybe. that We would call that one in 10. Or it could rotate faster, maybe one rotation in eight inches of barrel rifling. That would be one in eight. Well, let's say you go one in five. So if it rotated one in five instead of one in 10, it would be spinning much, 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 much faster, right? So why is that important? Why is spin important? So... It does a few things. Namely, you know, we spin projectiles to stabilize them in flight. So let me, let me see if I can explain this in a simple way. So the further out the point at which the frontal loading pressure 
is exerted on a projectile, the further out that point is from the center of gravity, the more likely it is to tumble or become unstable. So almost all bullets have that issue, right? Um, so what's a good analogy for this? So if you, if you're flying through the air and your center of gravity is like halfway through your, your the, the, the body, the, the mass is flying through the air and you're pushing on the front of that body as it flies through the air, you kind of have this moment arm, right? You have this, this distance between where the pressure is applied and where the, the point of ro the, 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 the attractive point of rotation is of the body. So you're going to, it's going to want to tumble. It's going to want to flip around. It doesn't, it doesn't like to just have something heavy in the back and be loaded on the front. Okay. It's just not, just, it's not stable, right? I hope that's a simple way to explain that. Um, so if you have a heavy bullet, um, the, the only way you're going to get a heavy bullet, all other things equal, if you're going to keep the diameter equal, you're going to have to make the bullet longer, right? So the longer you make that bullet, the further the difference, or, or I'm sorry, the, the further away the center of gravity is from the center of pressure on the projectile. And the, I'm telling you, the further that, that distance gets, the longer that distance gets, the, the, the greater the stability issue. So if it's so long that it starts to tumble or wobble as it flies through the air, one way to help it not tumble is to spin it and spin it fast. So like, you, let's say you throw a football, right? You throw a, a tight spiral, I'm talking tight. You'll notice that the football doesn't wobble as much front to back, right? Everyone's seen a, someone throw a football, a, a spiral on foot, with a football. It's a crude analogy, but it kind of demonstrates the point of the gyroscopic forces that are working against the tumble. Okay, you, so typically subsonic rounds are heavier and they get that extra mass by being longer. Okay, so that's, that's all you need to know. All right, so we're talking silencers. We're talking, that, that's why it's relevant. All you need to know about barrel twist when it comes to subsonic rounds is that you wanna spin fast. All right, so one of the reasons one would use 300 blackout is because it can kind of do two things, right? It can do well supersonically um, when compared to 5.56 and 762 by 39, for example, AK round. But it can also do great things at subsonic velocity. So we're talking about silencers, and that's that's the attraction here. But, you know, 300 blackout is expensive. <laughs> so you see how we're, we're kind of chasing our tails. So we're... If, if I was going to buy or build a 300 blackout weapon i would want it to i would want to use it to kill animals because i do that a lot and i feel like it would be worth it to me more to do that and you know that's a personal reason if i want to burn ammo i use nine millimeter and 556 if i want to kill a lot of stuff i usually use 308 because i can kill anything with 308 I mean, within reason, okay? So, subsonic 300 blackout, why is that cool? It's quieter, because um, subsonic. 
And if I wanna kill things, I need to make sure it's lethal. So if killing things with subsonic projectiles, you know, if, if you're doing that, it's way harder than killing things with supersonic rounds. Whether you're using a bow and arrow or a slow bullet, you know, without creating a supersonic shock channel through tissue, you know, sometimes you, you can, you know, you'll hear this referred to as hydrostatic shock. You know, it's, it's actually, it's the wave propagation through living tissue that causes the extra damage as the wave travels radially out from the projectile path. Uh, you know, with, without that mechanism, you need to basically mechanically destroy tissue. All right. Without hydrostatic shock, without a superson super so supersonic shock channel through the tissue, you have to use mechanical damage. So broadhead, broadhead arrows do that by being pretty big and, and sharp, right? They, that they can cause a lot of mechanical damage. Um, bullets do it by expanding, right? You know, you look at your self-defense rounds, your little nine millimeter self-defense rounds, why are they hollow points? So they can expand, you know? You're not moving fast enough to, to do a lot of damage. You have a, such a small round you're not moving that fast out of a handgun, nine millimeter. You got to expand. You got to create mechanical damage. They need that. They need that secondary wounding mechanism. Um, it's pretty simple stuff. It really is. It, it people people make this out to be complicated, and it's not. It, you want the biggest piece or pieces of material traveling through the tissue if it's moving slowly, and you want it to have enough mass so that it retains its momentum as it hits things and it goes as deep as possible. Hopefully, hopefully it pops out the other side and it creates a big blood trail for you to track game if you need to, depending on where you're hunting. But on its way through the tissue or an animal's body, you know, you want it to stay together and you want to maintain momentum so the transfer of momentum to the tissue doesn't knock it down so slow or so slowly that it stops an inch into the flesh or something. You don't, that wouldn't be good. Okay, so you, 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 you want penetration when you hunt. Um, but you want to cause damage on the way in and the way through. So we, what do we want? We want subsonic, okay? Because we, we're, we're talking silencers. We want quiet. We want heavy if we're subsonic, right? We want to, we want to, we, we need that momentum. We're not getting it from velocity, right? What's momentum? Mass times velocity. Well, we're, 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 we've reduced our velocity. We capped it to, to a thousand feet per second or whatever, you know, speed of sound, 1100 feet per second at sea level. So let's say a thousand. Capture velocity, so you gotta, what, you want momentum? Well, you better make it heavier. Okay, so you want subsonic, heavy, um, expanding to a large area of diameter. And we need to stabilize it now because chances are you need a long projectile to be heavy, right? Because you can't make it, you can't make it wider. You, the barrel has, you know, you're, you're limited. 300 blackout, 30 caliber. You, you can't make a bigger bullet unless it's longer heavier so and you kind of want a short barrel right we're going subsonic why the heck would we want a long barrel it's just extra weight you don't need it it doesn't help it doesn't help so up until a couple years ago we didn't have fast twist rates we, we didn't have them fast enough to stabilize super long and heavy projectiles out of short barrels one of the consequences of a short barrel is you're only going to be rotating that that bullet a little bit before it comes out so, you, man, you got to get it spinning fast. You got to get it spinning in the time you have to spin it, which is only the length of the rifling. You got to get it spinning fast enough. So, um, now we have options. 
Um, Honey Badger from Q, for example. Um, Kevin Brittingham at Q, formerly SIG and AAC. Hey, they've been looking at fast, super fast twist barrels for 300 Blackman for a long time, and they're offering that Honey Badger off the shelf gun. It's an off the shelf gun. You can go, you can go into, if you can find one in stock, you can go into a gun store or order it online. One in five twist in seven inch barrel. That is real. That's a real product. Um, and several, you know, SIG offers a one in, in one in five. Um, and also, you can get aftermarket barrels now. So, to you know, yesterday, yeah, yesterday, I bought a couple of them. I bought a couple of barrels. I bought a seven inch um, and a nine inch from a company called Mostech. Um, shout out to Discreet Ballistics for, for tipping me off to that on social media. He kind of posted about that. And I saw, I was like, oh, well, damn, now I guess I need to buy barrels. So, there's a few. There's a few. There's there's also more of them. I, I saw some other folks mention there's other people doing those. Um, I, I don't recall the names offhand, but anyway, people are making them. Super stoked. I bought two barrels. They're both one and five twist. Um, I think with the lengths I got being seven inch and nine inch, I don't think I'm going to overspin the lighter projectiles and tear them apart. Like, you know, when I use them for supersonic. But, um, that you know, just keep in mind that can happen too. Um, you have to be careful of overspinning the projectile. If the projectile is uh, not constructed correctly and it's light, you can end up spinning that projectile super quickly, especially um, if the twist is super fast. So anyway, I, I might I might go into that in a future episode. Um, I don't really want to talk about that today. Anyway, so I, I just wanted to talk about that really quickly because I know 300 Blackout is pretty popular now. And I guess I'm jumping into that pool and I'll be playing with you guys and all the heavy subsonic craziness, like, the, you know, the discrete ballistics, expanding death blender stuff. <laughs> I think it's, it's called the Salus expander. I think it, I'm pretty stoked to try it on a white tailed deer. Honestly, I, I guess it'd be neat. I'm, you know, I hunt, I hunt white tailed deer and hogs and predators and stuff. So it might be cool. We'll see. We'll see. I'm, I tell you what, I still, I hunt with an AR, a suppressed AR 10 custom AR 10 I built. Or AR-308. It's not really... It's not an Armalite. You know, I use a 16-inch barrel 308 to hunt with. So this would be a big departure for me. But, um, you know, I decided to do it. I'll probably hunt with it. But also I'll be using, you know, a couple different length uppers for silencer testing too. So give you guys some good data. Um, anyway, I'll talk, I'll talk about this more in future episodes. Like, you know, what gas block I picked where I'm picking and why, what type of buffer system I'm using. A lot of those details, um, you know, if, if some of you aren't into silencers yet or you're just getting into silencers, man, you have opened Pandora's box because you are going to be modifying stuff and you're going to be chasing that perfect silencer host and you're going to be throwing money at parts and you're going to be experimenting with different weights, different spring rates you know different buffer mass different gas system length different port sizes different silencers so you know hey welcome welcome you're 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 never gonna leave so you hope you know what you're getting into but uh, anyway um i bet you guys have your favorite systems that you've already tinkered with so anyway we'll go into that on some future episodes all right so last topic okay this is kind of a wide-ranging topic and I just wanted to address it really quickly because 
some folks, man, there's so many things. I, I might have to do an entire, actually, you know what? I might have to do an entire episode on this separately because there's so many things to address. But really quickly, let, let's talk personal defense weapons, PDWs. It, okay, in my opinion, I think a, a PDW is any gun that you find you can reasonably carry. You know, you can carry it around and maneuver it in the place you are using it. So, like, that could be your vehicle, your house, you know, whatever, your, your office. Maybe it's something you want to take to the range and, or hunt with, but you want it to be compact. But you, you really need to make the distinction for yourself. Because if you are defending yourself against people, you may want a different ammunition than if you were hunting, for example. It, you know, it, and, or depends on the type of people, right? What are they wearing? What are they doing? What kind of people are these? What are you going to war? What are you doing? You know, um, def defense and offense are different. A lot. They're often very different. And... It depends on the setting, you know, and it really depends on your use case. So I, I want to continue this next time. I, I want to roll this into the next episode. There's a lot. There's a lot of things to talk about. Everything from caliber choice to, you know, pistol caliber carbines versus 300 blackout versus machine guns versus submachine guns versus... A, a brace on your Glock to make it into an SBR, or not an SBR, sorry, a, bra a, a pistol brace on your Glock, or maybe you want to register your Glock and put a stock on it, whatever. Um, there's so many options. So let, we'll, we'll roll that into the next episode. So for now, check out, go check out the website if you haven't done that. Sign up for the newsletter. If you know, you'll get notifications when the reviews come out. Um, if you like what we're doing, and you want to support Pew Science in this podcast, become a member. I, it is so great. Thank you to all of you who have joined. I really appreciate it. Thanks to all of you who are listening. I really appreciate your time. You know, and as always, reach out to me with any questions, and I'll either respond to you directly or on the podcast. Um, so Review 6.2 is about to be released very soon. Uh, if you're on the newsletter, newsletter, you'll see it. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know, I'll announce it there too. Um, so I will talk to you folks again soon. Take care and stay safe.